Hello, welcome back to the Unlearn Something podcast. I'm Miss S and my co-host is Miss D. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. Um, The premise of the Unlearn Something podcast is to share the conversations between two teachers, hoping to spark a conversation in yours. So how are you, Miss D? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, This week has been a bit tricky. Uh, I think week four is generally a tough week in most schools. You know, there's Mm. usually, there's a dip in behaviour. We know the half term's coming up. Um, You know, and schools are just generally busy places. So there's been, there's been a lot going on. I'm not going to lie. Friday was um, quite tiring. Um, But yeah, we're here and the rest is appreciated and next week is a new week. Yeah, well, I know, I know your students and your colleagues appreciate you. I know they do. Um, Sometimes it's hard to remember that. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. But it's more about like how I feel in myself. You know, I think teachers yeah. work really hard and we and work with, we work with, you know, really good intentions and mm. wanting to do well and wanting to do the best we can do. And sometimes that's harder than other times. So, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think people understand the some of the emotional toll sometimes. So much. Yeah, like I'm definitely the person that has no words left at the end of the day, even less so on a Friday evening. Mm. And I was even like talking about going out, and like there was kind of a younger bouncy colleague at work, and she was like, "So, oh, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and blah blah blah," and I was just like, "That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of peopling." <laughs> And I'm not At the sure. Point where you just wanted you know, go home and do nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm feeling okay. I'm glad to be here, and I'm Finish excited it. to be here in the studio with you. Yeah, it's good to be back, isn't it? Yeah, back it is. Into the swing of things again. Big big 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been happening in um What's been happening in your classroom? Um, lots happening in my classroom, but I'm quite excited to share that, um, myself and Ruth Sinnell from the link. Big up Ruth. Big up Ruth. Network over in Leicester. Um, yeah, definitely got to bring her up, especially as there's been so much going on with me, um, really stretched for time and she's been great at keeping things going, lots of meetings. Um, but we're having a free CPD event on February the 28th in this big, big 2024 and we're calling teachers to our workshop entitled Windrush Resources for Teachers Crafting Inclusive Lessons. Um, we're going to, we're, we're, what we're hoping is that there's going to be sharing of knowledge between teachers, primary, secondary, um, and people will be empowered with the confidence and the knowledge to teach about Windrush in 2024. And this came about because um, I posted on Twitter, sorry, on Twitter, that... Um, just did a little survey, a little mini survey to ask if people had held an event in their school. Um, if you I did remember the event, responding and yeah, I said no. Yeah, if you no. did the event, was it supported? Mm. And some of the feedback that we get, that I got, was that, um, yeah, there were people who wanted to do it, but they didn't feel comfortable or they didn't, they didn't because the school hadn't suggested it, they hadn't done it. Some people had just done things within their class, within their form. Yeah. It was very varied. Yes. Um, and, you know, 2023 was the 75th? 75th anniversary. Yeah. And I remember you remarking that it wasn't very well promoted. I don't think it was. And there it was lots of cel- resources, lots it of It certainly museums. wasn't focused on during Black History Month. No. 
Because um, that's in October. Yeah. And, you know, funnily enough, it's Black History Month in, in the States in at the, the States, moment. In the States, it is. So there'll be loads of information but um, even, coming out. You know, I've got relatives in America and they they, yes. they they don't understand how there's black people in the UK. They don't get it. Even they, now? Even now, they don't. There isn't really an understanding of how and why we're here. And it just makes me think there's a lot of people here in the UK who don't understand and know yeah. how and why we're here. So the idea is um, really to just, for, for us to start a conversation, for people to gain ideas, you might not do anything for this year, but you might be able to get it, because I know a lot of schools have their calendars and things planned ahead. It might be something that you're able to um, to have a conversation in your school and to be able to plan something for next year mm. if you can't do anything this year. But to gain ideas from educational professionals and access a range of ready-to-go teaching resources. There's a lot out there. Mm. You haven't got to be making things There's from scratch. There's a lot of really good stuff out there. I'm one of those teachers. I, I do create my own resources, but if I can get away with not doing it... Yeah, absolutely. Um, we can't re- reinvent the wheel every day. Of course not. So we're hoping that we'll have um, people who will come along to the event, and there are some excellent speakers, um, be able to come along to the event, see what's currently being done, what's available, what's out there. Um, and hopefully people will be able to go go out and initiate something in their school. So that's... that's um, Sounds like something, something to put in a diary, 28th of February. Free, 3.30 till 5. Amazing. To tell your school that you need that time. Well, you know, all of, all of the people can mm. sign up and, and attend. Yeah. Do you know what day the 28th is? I think it's a... Wednesday, mm. double check. Okay, um, but yeah, that's that's something that, that we've got. Well, I know you've been talking about doing some stuff with Ruth for a long time. So yes, she's that's um, really exciting. <clears throat> Ruth and and the the linking network. It's uh, um, based in based in Leicester, I believe. They're also doing work in Bradford, other parts okay. of the country, and they're really just getting schools different schools getting the students from different schools working together and just sharing so again getting people to look at um our different communities and getting people to to work together and that's really important i think the more that we can kind of work together to develop these resources Mm. to get the word out to continue having these events you know, that's, that's super important. Mm, so really I'm really looking forward to that. I am as well. I'm quite excited. So what's been happening? What's been happening with you and your school? Um, well, I didn't really want to talk about anything that was um, in my classroom per se, but mm. um, there was an issue, not an issue, there's an ongoing kind of um, awareness of um, attendance Okay. And the DFE yes. went public a couple of weeks ago with some interesting ad, um, advertising material talking about, you know, little Tommy had a runny nose and now look at him. And like the imagery is just, this, yeah. you know, happy. He only had a runny nose. He could have been in school. That type of yeah. Thing. So yeah. it's this idea of, oh, you know, it's only a runny nose. Don't worry about it. Um, you know, and once they get to school, they'll be OK because there's kind of huge alarm bells um, ringing about um pupil attendance and persistent absence and all this kind of stuff. So there was, um, it's, it's affecting a lot of schools. It's definitely an issue in mine. And I've got a few in my class who would be um, considered persistent absences. And it's not uncommon, you know, kids get sick, people um, have appointments, people, you know, I know it's not very well um, 
it's not approved of always, but people take their kids out on holidays because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 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 all sorts of reasons why people are absent. You know, and people have very busy um, private lives, yeah, and sometimes things don't always happen. I'm not saying that you know absence isn't an issue; it definitely is, but. Um, it was quite extraordinary to see these posters and, you know, there was um, a range of posters that um, had a primary setting, mm. others had a secondary setting and the response to it was really interesting. I saw some people uh, from the kind of homeschooling um, community saying, yeah, and this is exactly the reason why I'm homeschooling my child. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying that school refusal is a big becoming a, a bigger problem i think it has been since covid and yeah people don't like to blame yeah <clears throat> things on covid anymore sorry but it still happened and yeah. it's still going to have an impact on how people think and feel it definitely still has an impact on me um and i don't think <clears throat> i'm exceptional in that no not at all yeah um but yeah the school the idea that i think especially as it was put out at a time when people don't want to admit this in schools but it's winter People get colds and coughs and sneezes and there are people that need to have time off. But as well, just before, I'm just thinking back to just before Christmas and, you know, it carried on a little bit into January. We had a lot of staff that were off school. Mm. We had a lot of students that were off school. It puts a huge strain yeah, on the school I, when staff are sick. I know and that I was in school with a really bad cold. I uh, remember. Yeah, the, the, the drinking of the ginger tea and just trying yeah. to keep going. Um I think it's very difficult for for parents because you've got people who they know their child's unwell, but they might have had maybe some t- maybe they had a cold in October, and if they take time off, then it means that their percentage is going to dip, and you don't want the phone. But the child school. is unwell. Yeah, but you're going to get the phone. And call then from they're going to go and sniff and cough and, and splutter all over it. everyone else and spread it around. Like we had a very public lesson about mm. how contagious viruses and things pass on. I remember a time. So when why why do we not remember any of that? It, it's all because of that. I can't remember what the percentages. Your, the, your attendance is at school. Learners at school, their attendance can't go below. I think it's ninety four percent. I think it's yeah. I think it's somewhere uh, around somewhere that, around early nineties. Um, so if you're somebody who's been off, maybe for a, a couple of weeks, and you're going, your parents are going to get that phone call, and the threat that you know they'll be fine. Yeah, they're going to get a fine. That's why you've got so many. Children in school spreading. Well, well the that's the thing. And we all the know that little kids, little kids are the worst. They'll like cough right in front of the your face, exactly on your face, exactly into your face, up your nostrils, into your ear canals. Yes, they will. Like it, it just, <laughs> and you know, oh, miss, can I have a tissue? I am not your tissue. Like it's extraordinary. <coughs> Sorry, I give out the tissues. I give out the tissues. They know. Something um, that's been bugging me, just on the issue of tissues. Yeah. Do people not realise that you can bring your own tissues? They, they do. They know. Um, because it seems like a really far away thought for a lot of my pupils. We don't always have tissues. No, I try and have, have tissues, them. but schools are under the same pressure as yeah. um, everyone else. And we don't always have tissues freely available. And like... They, they look at some of the kids look at me sometimes as in what do you mean there are no tissues yeah. and I said well you were sick at home so I know and I don't want to be too like ridiculous yeah. but I'm just like if you know you're sick wouldn't you give your kid 
a small packet packet of of tissues so they're not in a situation. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was just weird. But I don't like that expectation of you will provide every everything that I need and what really annoys me is they just kind of like wave the two even if we do if on those great days when we do have tissues they literally wave the tissue in front of their one nostril or half a nostril and then put it in the bin and it's like did did you properly blow your nose can you go and blow your nose? I, I, I give the tissues to the children and say, go and blow your nose. I'm, I don't, I'm not a Scrooge with tissues. So they sit there sniffing okay. otherwise. I, I'm they're happy for the kids sniffing. to use them. It's very important. Please catch it, bin it, kill yeah, it, and all these kinds of things. But to just drape the tissue in front of your nostril and then put them in the bin. Maybe don't you think that's... We need to have some classes on how to blow your nose. No, we do not. <laughs> We've already got a crowded curriculum. Have you seen the one with the, they want, is primary teachers. Oh my they, goodness, yeah, what's this? You, for you to get children to brush their teeth every day. At school. At school, have you not seen that? No, I know we, we do have classes where they learn at school so yeah, how I to brush their teeth. That you, you but I wasn't aware of the requirement that they would have yeah. to do it at school. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's what you're going to have to do. No. <laughs> not I. Not I. Not me. So we've gone from, what was it, the school posters oh, protesting the children who were off and then the reasons why they would be off and then they had the teeth brushing. There is a whole lot going on in education. It's Yeah, but I think maybe they just talk about other things and then they try and shuffle these bills through. Yeah. To make sure that no one else, no one actually realizes what's going on, and then suddenly, we've got to brush their teeth. Yeah, unfortunately, in for teachers, there seems to be a lot with this government where there are things like you said that are trying to be rushed through, and I think everyone's just so stressed that we don't anyway, even notice we what's don't happening. Know. And there's so many; it's not even like it's just one. There's something. But you've talked the about time. it before on the pod. There's something all the time. Yeah. There's always something. I mean, in. Um, in I think at the end of January there was a consultation about teachers. And yeah, I remember you posting it on your Instagram. Like they they want to say that teachers are was it workload or a different one? There was one about workload, but there was another one about being um, is it service levels? Oh, so the minimum people when able, people strike. Yeah, mm. minimum service levels. It's like you really are just not here for people's human rights at all. Well, in response to that, it's been really interesting teaching British values in as my PSHE unit this Ooh. half term. Yeah, because there's a lot um, happening at the moment. Yeah, Our and government's it's, involved in a lot of things. Yeah, um, and these, British values. These kids are not blind, no, and they're, they're not they're dumb, not. so they ask questions and. And you're I teaching have, primary, so if primary yeah. are asking questions, oh, yes. my lot are properly debating. Do you know what really surprised me? We talked about different forms of government and, mm. you know, I'm really aware of what I say because okay. we have to be impartial. Yes. We do have to talk in about the, the things. In the classroom. In the classroom. Yes, we, we because it's our professional responsibility to do so. Cool. But we do encourage critical thought and critical discussion and yes. challenges. But what I learned when we were talking about different types of governments and we were talking about anarchy, we talked about monarchy, we talked about dictatorships and all this kind of thing, brief discussion about fascism and communism, I was really surprised at how many of my 10-year-olds knew a lot about North and South Korea. Yeah. And I was just thought this is a very obscure topic for them to know a lot about. It has to do with social media, isn't it? But what would prompt them to go, oh, let me just go and look up a, a dictatorship in South, and, in South Korea or North well, Korea? We, I had a conversation. How would they get there? 
with my learners because there was a young, two boys. And for the, recently, none of them are Korean. No. So I don't two, know where it came from. Two boys were recently put in prison in North Korea for watching, uh, I can't remember the soap opera, but they all knew about it. So it's like a, I think it was an American soap opera. Okay. They were caught watching this illegally. I don't know how, but they've been put in prison for quite a long time. Like they're not going to come out. until. So it might've just been yeah, so a kind of news bite. But they were having, a, we were having something. a conversation okay. about that. And what going, did they say? They were just saying like, how terrible is it? How can you get put in prison for watching? Watching a TV show. Yeah, but then somebody else bought it. And you know, for anyone who's listening, I did not bring this up. The young people did. They were talking about um, books being banned in America. That goes, well, it's mm. the same thing. If you could ban TV and you can ban books, what type of country is oh, that? Man. And then people are going, that that isn't happening. They're going, yeah, it is. Books are being banned. Come on, young people. I know. I love them. I love I love <laughs> that kind of conversation because they, you know, you just are reminded how switched on they are. They really are. But it just surprised me. It must be like you know they're scrolling through YouTube or yeah. um, their devices and whatever else. So it just comes up. Yeah, some of these. But topics it's, are coming they up were in really going into details mm. about North and South Korea and militarized zones and like what the name of the the dictatorship. Oh wow! Okay. And like there was a picture of um, a leader. It wasn't Kim Jong Il. Mm. It wasn't. And then there, there was a kid in my class who was saying, I, I think it is. And I'm like, I know it's not. I don't know who they are, but yeah. I definitely know that it's not. And it's not his son who's currently in uh, power. And I said, um, not all Asian people look the same. <laughs> and he wouldn't, let it, he, would, he wouldn't let it go. And I said, okay, let's, let's ask Google. Let's see. Let's do the search. And the find person out. who you think it is. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, look, to be honest, I don't know a lot about North and South Korea yeah. politically and military-wise, but I know it's not Kim Jong-un, and I know it's not his son. Mm. And then I had to say, I had to Google it and have it up on the whiteboard don't you and love say... you that when you go, okay, I don't know, you, you're you not sure. Yeah, so absolutely, we'll have a look. Google. But he was adamant. And then it's like, can you see that these are two different people? And what did he say when you showed him that? Oh, he still thought he was right. And I'm like, but it's literally not the same person. <laughs> But he, yeah, I just, I read it and I think it's a really good conversation to have. And, you know, even when we were talking about the anarchy side of things, they were mm. like, yeah, we need rules. People we can't do. just go and do whatever they want. No, they cannot. And it was interesting to see who was drawn to that idea because they obviously just thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about the wider implications, but they're 10. Yeah. And what a fantastic like conversation to start having. And I did remind them, um, I said, I didn't learn about any of this, this stuff until I was at university. I said, but you, I said also that they have access to a lot more information than I did when I was their age. I was still playing with dolls and using my imagination and reading Babysitter's Club books at their age. They're carrying around. Mm. So yeah, they have got more access to more information. Um, But they can definitely engage with it and understand. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, you just reminded me that um, last week, because each Friday, um, my learners, they've got the opportunity to learn some extra like e-praise points. We have this e-praise point system at our school. If you make a quiz, 10 questions for the class. I love that. Yeah, and it's quite, it's quite good. But I learn something every single mm. time they do it. And one of the boys... Can they choose the topic? They choose the topic. Okay. Um, I vet it first before yeah, they share it Yeah, I was going to say, gosh. Have to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they choose the topic. And last week's topic was name these flags of countries or empires that now no longer exist. Oi, oi. Listen, I love that topic. I was like, I don't know any of this. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm gonna be really bad. I love so that I, topic. The student ends up sitting in my chair 
um, they operate. So we set it all up. They've got the, the screen. And, and this is in your form? This is in my form. And they were dropping some... So all, all that they had was a flag. Mm. Um, so for the first five, all they had was a flag. But then the next five questions, they had... Um, clues to what the flag was for a lot of people a flag would be enough there's a lot yeah. of flag enthusiasts I out there really surprised I, I found out one of the boys collects flags he was the person that got 10 out of 10 hey. that's why i love doing this type of stuff because you find out things about the students yeah and that's they great sh- yeah because they showed the flag for imperial japan and the only reason why i knew that flag was because the one with the rising sun yeah yeah so as a child i used to watch tenko Okay. Do you remember that program? It sounds, f- sounds not Tekken. So I was going to the Tekken. No, Tenko. Tenko. No. Um, and so I went to them because I got three out of ten. So they went, "Oh gosh, you know Miss Morgan." And I went, "Oh, the reason why I know this because of a TV show that I used to watch." Um, and one of the girls went, "Is it something that I could watch?" Well, I went, well ask your parents first. Yeah. Uh, but I think you could do. But ask your parents first to make sure. But I was just what were so the three that you knew? Do you remember? Um, I do, only because I've got it here. So um, the USSR or mm-hmm. Soviet Union, um, the flag for Yugoslavia. I wouldn't have got them. And then um, Imperial Japan. Okay. And all the others. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't That's a really interesting know. topic. Yeah, the fact that this... this I love that. So the boy who... who created it didn't know there was a boy in the class who collected flags so oh that was, i that love that that's really cool yeah. so maybe they might have like a kind of budding friendship yeah, maybe. image from that and i quite like it as well because I, I change the seats every term i change mine every week oh do you yeah because it gets to, why are you changing the seats i i like why, why are you making music next such, such but i quite like it because it means that you get to no my city no, plan's really whole, difficult whole, we're going to be together until you know, yeah. mighty willing, the end of year 11. So it'd be good if you got to know everybody in the yeah. group. And at least working relationship with everybody. Well, then that's well, that's the difference yeah. with primary, isn't it? Because they're, they're together yeah. all day, every mm. day. And because I'm so one form entry, so they go through the, the whole, whole of primary together. Yeah. And they're kind of getting a little bit sick of each other. I was going to say. So I have to move it around every week so there's not the same people sitting mm. next to the same people. And it's really hard. It's like... Proper whack-a-mole because you can't... Every time you have to change the seating plan, it's difficult, right? You can't put that one there. That person can't work with that person. These people don't stop talking. Yeah, the talkers. That person can't see because they've got to be at the front. But then if they're in that place, they can't listen. Like, it's really, it is really tricky. The people premium, the children who... Really tricky. I know. Reading ages. There's lots of things to take into consideration for. It's not easy. The seating plan. I probably do, I try and avoid doing it first thing on Monday morning because I do find it stressful. Mm. So I try and do it as the last thing on Friday. I do the same. So, so I can do Friday it and not and have to think about it. And then people know where they need to yeah, be. Yeah, cause, well, because when I forget and I have to rush to do it, yeah. I hate it. And I'm really, I'm really stressed because I just think, oh, this is going to be a headache and I want to avoid headaches as much and as possible. And it's when you put a couple of children next to each other and then you realize that's not going to work. What do I say? I say, I'm not having a headache for either of you. This is going to be different when Mm. we come back from break time. Okay. That's quite good because that gives them a little bit of time to think about what you said Mm. and make a a decision. But I try and avoid those because it's just, it's too much. It's really, yeah, 
It's a lot. It is a lot. Oh my God. It is a lot. Something else that people probably don't think. Seating plans. And you're always going to have, you're always going to have those kids. It doesn't matter who you sit them next to, whether they're close to the board, they're going to talk, they're going to make best friends with that person that they're next to. And good for them. That's a nice vibe, but it's so disruptive and annoying. Yeah. They could just talk to, they could talk to a brick wall and be very happy. (laughs) But there's all people. There's also people that don't get along, and you can't force it. No, not at all. Because it just ends up being tears and headaches for everybody. I had a couple of boys who had a falling out the other day, and they were like, "Oh, one of them came to me because you're going to have to change the seats." And I went, "I will not," because what you will do is have a conversation and agree, and we're going to draw a line under it, and we're going to get on. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was like, "My I, ones I, are too young to do that." Oh, I tried it, that? but they couldn't cope. Can you imagine that having to? Like every cope. single time, oh, I can't put these two next to each other. That's I my that's out. my weekly life, Miss S. Out. That's my weekly dilemma. I know exactly how that yeah. feels. Yeah, yeah, but you do get you do get those students that can't be seated next to each other. You do get that. It's like you, I remember a couple of years ago, I had a, well, a few years ago, I had a really difficult class, mm. and there was like two boys that just wanted to sit next to each other, but they just didn't stop talking and they were very disruptive. And I had to like really embed that language with them. I said, but you get too excited. Yes. You get too excited. I'm sorry. We tried it and it didn't work. What do they say? And like, event, they, they resented me because obviously <laughs> they just wanted to be together and mess about. Yeah, yeah. But then I had a, a little bit of a breakthrough with one of them. One of them was really, really tricky to try and develop a more workable relationship with. Mm. And then um, I didn't say anything. And then he just kind of said to me, I do get too excited when I'm sitting next oh, to him. And yeah, but he always kind of pitched himself as this kind of like really super mature. Very, he was so bright. So, so bright. Math superstar. Oh. Really great. Very, very bright. Very mm. capable. But he did actually say those words really sheepishly. I do get too excited when oh, I sit next him. to him. And I just said, well, you know, we can't do it because we get too excited and then we can't manage ourselves. <laughs> like, you know, this kind of, yeah. you know, blossoming boy in your six. So it was just like, I've learned that language. But they know. Yeah, they do. They know. The chatterboxes. Tried that, didn't work. Time to move on. And mm. they're just like, oh, you're being bossy. Yep. 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 That's what they pay me to do. Yep. I'm being bossy because I tried to be polite and it didn't work. Yeah. I know you say that with a big smile on your face when you say that. I try. We try. <laughs> it did not work. <laughs> um, so in our next segment for our pod today, we are going to be talking about a TV show. Yeah, Panorama. Britain's a Panorama, yes. Um, and this was a really interesting watch. You messaged me and said, watch this. And then immediately I thought, oh, I have to, we'll have to watch that. So I think it was a teacher's thing. It was like every, somebody messaged me. <laughs> I'm like, you need to watch this. <laughs> so we thought it'd be useful to um, share the information that they mentioned on the TV yeah, show definitely. and just have a kind of little, a little bit of a breakdown as to, you know, what our personal experiences are and, mm. and what's going on. So uh, they did talk about, I think the episode was a panorama, as Miss yeah. S just mentioned, and it was called Building Better Schools. It was oh, available was it? Okay. on BBC iPlayer last week, mm. so I think it's probably still available. Yes, and the name of the reporter that was um, on the show was Raheel Sheik. Mm. I haven't I haven't watched anything of his before, but I thought he was quite good actually. I liked his interview style, and um, they had interviews from schools 
all over the UK. Yeah. Um, and it was it was quite interesting. You know, there wasn't there wasn't any like rubbishing of education or teachers, and they had some really heartfelt examples from some head teachers that had to deal with some absolutely outrageous oh, circumstances. Um, extraordinary, and some of the numbers that they had in terms of money were shocking. It was it, it was, was shocking. really shocking. Um, so part of the part of the episode, they actually talked about how much the government had for renovating schools, and there was an estimate of between six and eleven billion pounds. Was that over uh, one year, or was it or was it a, a different time? I think thing? it was over three okay. years. I want to say. Mm. Um, and there was this whole plan that was developed in twenty ten. Um, there was an, a policy advisor called Sam Friedman, oh, who I can only describe as uh, a small man <laughs> sitting in a big chair that looked like a child that Somebody was in trouble. Somebody said that to in me. Trouble he looked like the he, head was, teacher. he was in trouble with the head, the head teacher. Yeah, so I mean, you know, sorry to this Completely man, out of but his it depth. was, I don't know if it was intentional, if the mm. post production kind of set him up to look that way, but it w- didn't really help. Because the things that he was talking about were absolutely outrageous. He was advisor to um, Mr. Michael Gove when he was the <laughs> when he was the minister for education, Ooh. and the way that he was talking about the decisions that he was making it was a mistake, and that he regretted it, and it was a, it was mistake. a mistake. And it's like the ramifications of your regrets and your mistakes are still being built now and And it was a big they said it was a big first big cut that the conservative government made in 2010 yes because mistakes were made and that they'd rushed into a wrong decision there was whole plans for people to get funding to improve Mm. you know and it was and i really resented the way that he was talking about it and yes he did look upset he did seem to understand some of the gravity of what he was talking about but it didn't help that he just looked quite comical sitting in that chair, expressing his personal regret and talking about his mistakes when he knows that he was directly responsible for some of the poorest conditions that our young people across the country and it's are it's not just the conditions. Subject I mean, to. I mean, part of it was, you know, as you said, they'd interviewed some head teachers and mm. you've got head teachers who are really struggling to keep children safe in their classrooms. Remember we previously said that if you don't send your child to school, you can get fined, right? But what are we? What environment are we sending exactly. our kids into? Exactly, and you were hearing from young people, from children. I think it was a primary school children, wasn't it, that were sitting in their coats and gloves due yeah. to the extreme cold. And there was, but at that same school, yeah. they had had um, sheds or demountables that had been used as functioning classrooms for over 30 years. When or I so, was at school, when they were only supposed to be ago. there for 10. Exactly. So they, they, I remember them putting up um, these classrooms, these temporary classrooms. Yeah. Um, and I believe they're still there. Yeah. Um, I left school in the 80s. And these spaces are still there. They're still being used. The school that I'm at the moment has some very cold building. I'm really glad I'm not in, my classes are in those mm. classrooms, but they're incredibly cold. Um, you had them at my primary school in Australia mm. and they became more permanent. But I think the, the way that they build schools in Australia is a little bit different because we have weatherboard and stuff like mm. that. So it's not that different to some of the 
the other main buildings. But in the UK, you can't and can't and shouldn't have children that are in unheated classrooms. Of course not. You know, and they had like they had images of the kids sitting in their class, yeah. coats, hats, gloves. When that little girl said, oh, sometimes my handwriting's wobbly. Oh, because yes. I'm, so, I'm just like, no. And this is normal. Yeah. They go to school every day knowing that that's what it's going to be like. I wonder if their parents know. Of course they know, but they've just had to accept you it. You just accept it, otherwise their child's not going to... And then you have school. Sam Friedman sitting in that big chair with his small self saying that he regrets those things. Is he going to go and say that to those people? Well, he's never going to be in contact with, uh, with I bet with his, those his family and, and his parents. children and his friend, Very if he's got any... I, b- I bet that they don't have to go to any schools that are like that. For sewage coming up. Oh, oh gosh, that, that that was that guy in Yorkshire, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I had to. Uh, yeah, I was it Manchester. Maybe it was. Might be. I I sent. Yes, a, you're um, right. It was Manchester. I, I I posted on social media, and I've also written a letter of solidarity because I'm just like I would not be turning up for work. You know, I, so... I complained. I complained about my my classroom if it's cold. Like I will demand extra heating. I. I'm that person who nags to get to well, get what I need. But the idea that I think this man is walking around with a... It's like he's got an electrical device, doesn't he, that monitors... Yeah. They get how gas poisonous, poisonous yeah. the sewage is that's coming into the school building. And he was so oh. worn down by yeah, it. I think he was, it. it was like 25 years of... You know, empty promises from the government, mm. local local authorities saying that they'd do this and do that and they'd repair this. And there was some um, there was some information that said that schools in the north were worse yeah, off. Yeah, they were worse hit. Because that particular school, they said that every time it rained, staff had to get sandbags to keep the water at bay. Yes. And the school had been they'd be promised a new school in twenty twenty two. Um, and the program reveals that they're still still waiting for salen and appalling conditions. And yeah, that's it. The head teacher carries a sewage monitor to gauge the toxic levels of the sewage gas. Um, and this has only come to light because the whole issue with rack. Mm. Um, for people who don't know, rack is a lightweight, bubbly form of concrete. It's commonly commonly used in construction between the 1950s and the mid-1990s. And it's predominantly found as precast panels in roofs, commonly found in flat roofs, occasionally in the floors and walls. So schools, there was, just before we went back to school in September, there was um, some information that was released in the press about crumbling concrete. Um, and that was just the tip of the iceberg. Personally, I think they released that because there was a lot big issue with the lack of teachers that they had. So it's like, okay, we're not going to talk about that. Let's talk about this. Another instead. deflection. Another deflection. And distraction. Um, mm. But the idea that, you know, buildings are so appalling, so that just haven't been buildings that shouldn't still be up. Raccoon has, has a 30 year lifespan, and you've got schools that were built in the 1950s. We're now in ninety, you know, 19, eighty years, twenty twenty four, and the buildings. Mm. And then there was the whole thing with asbestos. It was mentioned, but yes. they didn't really carry. Um, that was kind of like in the. Was that in the eighties? I think that was a thing in the eighties. Yeah, it was a big thing. You, the early you 90s. were no longer going to build with asbestos. Mm. But I was shocked to hear that there were schools that still have asbestos in the building. That's outrageous. Because I do know somebody who caught. Um, is it mesotheloma? And um, the the cancer from it, it affects the 
the lining that covers the outer surface of your lungs. I know somebody who contracted that and they were a teacher in a school. My goodness. They caught it because they used to pin things into the wall. My goodness. Um, when they found out, they passed like within six months. I know somebody who worked with them uh, like for the last six months to get their affairs and things in order. Um, the fact that that was just brushed over so quickly in the program, and I was like, what? Well, the one of the guys that was the head of a school, I think it's in a region in the south of England, mm. Uh, I think it was a school called St. Peter's. Okay, yeah. He was lamenting the fact that schools in his local area had been graded. So there's this kind of system of grading where people go around and they check all the facilities. And he, even with all of the things that are wrong with his school, the lack of heating, the the flooding, the leaking roofs, the everything that's going on, the... Mm. And all of the the sites in his school that were too dangerous for people to be in, adults and children and a mix of adults and children, that his school was still graded A, which is the highest grade you can get. So what can we say about the robustness of that grading system? When we talk about education and the things that people will gloss over in this UK to keep things going, it's disgraceful, it's disgusting. Keep going towards what? And if you talk about it, if you talk against it, you're unprofessional. So if he goes and speaks about that now, I bet he's he's probably got backlash from speaking about that from his, I don't know, from his board or whatever. I just, well, perhaps, and mm. that's really awful if he has. But, but it's, a, it's a fault of our government. And the fact that this program's been out for a couple of weeks, I don't know. Like, what's going to happen? We're just going to just sit and just keep the rack and the asbestos and the sewage and the leaking roofs. But the head no teachers, the head teachers that were talking about it, and they had teachers from Scotland, they had teachers from yeah. Wales, they had teachers from Northern There's Ireland, a school in Devon, and different all, parts yeah. of England. They said that they've been dealing with this for 10, 12, 15 years. Terrible. Because that one gentleman was saying that he wanted to retire, but he wouldn't leave. Oh, the school. he got so tearful. Yeah. And how could you not? And he said, I can't leave it like this. No. I can't leave until I know it's been sorted or taken care of. That's somebody who really cares for his the whole school community as well as the children. And he was they were also saying when there was flooding a few months ago or maybe mm. a couple of years ago. I can't remember which ones he was talking about. He said that people just mucked in and came in on the weekend yes. and sandbagged places and and things because they knew that if they'd left it over the weekend, everything would be ruined. Everything would be ruined when they came seeing, back, and there wouldn't be a school to no, there open. Wouldn't be. There wouldn't be. For the I kids. remember seeing something like that, and the teachers had gone in because it was the exam coursework. Because people remember, we don't just do the exams at the end. There's yeah. coursework, and it was like, do you know what? I need to go into school and find out if I can get the coursework and make sure it's okay. Because that affects the whole child's future. But they were saying with this that they were, the, the school was given, they were given some extra money to hold classes in the evenings, weren't they? Oh, give, intuition yeah. and stuff yeah, like and that. Yeah, I was like, are, are staff being paid extra to do that? That's, yeah. I, I did have a bit of a prickly response to that because it was just like, so you're willing to fund the things after yeah. school where it's more of an imposition. The kids have already been at school for a whole day and you can't provide for that within the school day, but you're happy to just fling money well, that's the whole premise of this thing, really. So they miss out on the time with their family. They miss out on time socialising with their wasted. friends. Yeah. And they're forced to do that because you have not been able to organise things to fix the school building Especially that Especially when in. you hear them talking about barriers to learning. I would, I would say having an unsafe school is a pretty huge barrier to learning. Yeah. And there's already other challenges that are facing schools in these areas. Yeah, you've got children who are 
you know, as a result of this, they're going to be tired and cold. Um, that's not going to be a good environment. And have wobbly got, handwriting. Yeah, and with their wobbly handwriting. Uh, but it's all the other things that are impacting as well. Because we know that this isn't happening in schools in affluent areas. No. No. It so it's going to be. be schools that are going to be impacted by other... You know, just by other things that are happening in society. And I think that's what that's the reason why um, Sam Friedman's comments got me so twisted because mm. it was just like, I know that this isn't going to impact you, your friends, any of your neighbours no. and anyone that's close to you because you wouldn't send your school, your kids to a school down the road. I mean, I... Saw... So it's okay for the majority of the country to... For this to happen, and I need but to, for my own people, we don't have to deal no, with that. No, we don't have to deal with it. So it's fine. Um, is it Carillion, the company that would, uh, had made billions from this, but was bankrupt? They bankrupted at one. Ah, uh, yes, and I think one of the schools that they spoke to were approaching them for um, compensation. Yeah, they should because pay it. the heating wasn't working. There were no fire doors that were appropriate. There yeah. was something about the paneling or maybe the doors. And I think that they had estimated that particular school, just for that work from that particular building company, they'd estimated that there was a five million pound repair bill, but they weren't able and water leaks, structural zapping. Yeah, so they they couldn't claim compensation because of that. But the government should be held to account because that Carillion, it seems to be like it's their mates again who've been able to squander taxpayers' money. Mm. Um, There's a lot of that going on. The government should be held to account. There's lots, yeah. Uh, Just going back to nobody's friend, Sam Friedman. um, (laughs) He was in that role for three years. Okay. So to wield that much power and to have such a long-lasting legacy Mm. over three years. I mean, I saw as well that they... Well, it's 20, well, not 20 years. It's 10 years and his mistakes and regrets are still impacting hundreds of children potentially in the thousands every day. Well, they need How does he sleep at night? million pounds um, in this academic year for schools that are in need of immediate support. Um, their plan in 2010, there was going to be a school rebuilding program. Mm. They were supposed to target 50 schools a year to rebuild uh, since 20... Sorry, I take that back. It was 2021 school rebuilding program. Since then, they've only built four schools and they're blaming the war in the Ukraine as an excuse for not meeting their target. That's the conservative, the conservative government. Really? I'm not blaming gonna, I'm not going to start war. on that because yeah. that, that's going to be just me that's, talking for a whole hour. You will not hear from me at all. That's wild. Uh, it is, right? That is so wild. I can't believe that they can conflate they can conflate those failings. You know, my students, though, we had a conversation about, you know, they were saying they might do some recruiting in the UK to go and fight. The, in, the internet's response to that suggestion was oh, hilarious. It was, but my, my students... What did they like, say? Oh, they, they do not agree. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. This guy was going... So one of the students was going... So, so tell me some of the things they actually said. Am I supposed <laughs> to actually complete these GCSEs? Because if they're going to send me to go and fight... The, the the black and brown students were very much like, oh, am I British now? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you know. But uh, there were similar conversations along that line yeah. with the footballers. Remember uh, when we score yeah. the goals, we're, we're English and we're British, yeah. but when we miss, yeah, they yeah, call us this, get, that, yeah. and the third. Yeah. So, you know, good for those young people yeah. speaking up and but speaking the like, truth. Oh, miss, have you seen this? They want us to go and fight in the war. 
It's like, yeah, I have seen. I remember because I used to teach year six, we have a big unit called Conflict and Resolution. And that's when okay. we talk about World War One, World War Two, mm. and the post-war experience in Britain. And they, the, when I've taught that, I've taught that unit over many years, mm. um, the kids always have a really strong reaction to that. And when we go to visit the Imperial War Museum, Okay, and we see good. all of the documentation and the posters and, you know, those kinds of measure. They have height measurements and, you know, can you put the tape around your waist? And they always have, excuse me, they always have such a strong reaction to it. Mm. It's like, how can they force you to? I'd pretend to be sick or yeah, I'd say that I've got a bad eye like or something well, yeah. like that. And it's just like they test you. <laughs> You can't just you say, can't just say <laughs> I'm not well. I'm not well. I've got a bad kidney. They're going to do the full or test. Or my pancreas isn't up to it. They test. Yeah. And they have such a, no, I don't want to do it. I don't agree with the war. And it's just like, you wouldn't have a choice. Conscientious objector. Yes. Yeah. They'd have to be like, Boris. Yeah. Oh, well. And did you see, I don't know if it was, if it was a fake, a kind of deep fake video, okay. but there was some footage of Boris Johnson dressed up in like camouflage and talking about the fact that he would go to war. No, I haven't seen that. I'm sure I didn't imagine it. No, you probably didn't. I haven't been on social media. But it might have been a deep fake. Or it might have just it it might have been satirical, I'm not sure. I really hope (laughs) that it was. Yeah. It's hard to know sometimes. Yeah. I wonder if Sam Friedman would go. Oh, I think they should send him first. (laughs) But he'd probably get a cushy job in an office. Oh my gosh. I've signed up but I'm in a cushy job. But yeah, the the whole thing, I think the you know, like I said, the rack, the asbestos, the sewage, the leaky roofs, just the lack of everything, the lack of heating. And you just think being a head teacher is already mm. such an incredibly difficult, difficult job. job. Yeah. Can you imagine having all of that extra stuff on trying stuff to on top of that? Trying to con- trying to manage the building as well as the teaching and learning and the behaviour and staff who are going to go on strike. It's been about right. It's a lot to deal with, and you know. There's an incredible amount of pressure, I think, just for everybody, every stage of the education system. That's including the students and the parents. There's a there's a lot of it's not it's not working. It's not working and it hasn't been working no, for a long time. It's not time. working. There has to be I don't know how we do this. Should we get some people together? Have a conversation. It's not working, guys. Well, I think it's important for us to kind of keep following this story mm. and then we'll see. Um, you know, and big up to Panorama for yeah. for doing this. You know, it's not yeah. very fashionable or sexy no, to talk it's about. Like a shake. Yeah, yeah. To talk about you know issues that affect schools in this way. Yeah. You know, there's that there's TV shows that have kind of proliferated over the past few years that mm. have talked about you know teachers and all this kind of stuff. And like it's a what is it called Waterloo Road? Oh, oh yes, or something like that. You know, and there's other there's other kind of. TV shows out there, but I think when we have this hard hitting, you know, stuff talking about the reality, people need to know more about the actual conditions that the system are working in. Yeah. And I mean, people know that being a head teacher is a hard job, but that is just, that is just next level. That's just mental health. This must affect people's mental health and well-being. And if, you know, I'm talking about from the 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 head teacher, I was going to say, and the children as well. Yeah. This must affect you. And there must be young people out there who are worried. You know, they haven't got access to their to their classroom. That one school that doesn't have access to any of the technical rooms or their science rooms, they're having to ship children by bus, which is costing a thousand pounds a week 
to another school for them to be taught literally in a tent. So they can hemorrhage yeah. that money, but they yeah. can't actually like, like do anything that's going to fix you. Yeah. At this point, I don't care about procurement and who's going to offer the best contract. I want you to contact somebody local. Contact a local company, a small business, who would be glad for that business, especially in the current cost of living crisis, mm. and get them to fix whatever needs fixing. But what about our system doesn't allow that to happen? Because they only give contracts to their friends. Well, I hate to say it, but I don't think you're wrong there. Local, local council must have people on their local books. Why is it like, does it have to be like a national, national contract? I don't maybe know, maybe I'm talking rubbish, in. but somebody I really don't think you are because... How it works. What's his face, Sunak, has been, um, you know, talked about many times about his connections yeah. here, there and everywhere and who's benefiting. Sorry, that was really rude of me. Our serving Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. As somebody said, our great fascist Prime Minister. Um, so, yeah, he knows how that all of that works because yeah. him and his family are all in on a lot of the Everybody's deals. Everybody's in. It's all connected. So it's, it's, it's just astonishing. But is it because... It's been going we on for see a while. it in all facets of the education while, system, the chronic underfunding. Uh, so something has to be done. Our kids deserve better. Teachers deserve better. Yeah. Staff deserve better. Head teachers deserve better. And you it, know, it benefits society. It benefits the whole, the whole community. Even with the asbestos, I was reading that the amount of people. So these are workers who've worked in schools, worked in um, hospitals that have been affected by asbestos, they've caught cancer because of the asbestos, cost the British economy like three million a year. Let's just sort this out. I mean, but the human cost is sufficient enough to for different action to take place. You think so? Well, yeah. You think so, but not not with we what keep we've being got, reminded that that's not. Oh, well, even Sam, our friend Sam, actually said that that the government at the time were choosing to prioritize other things. Mm. So, um, our young people deserve better. Our community deserves better. Uh, people that work in schools deserve better. So, mm. DFE, hopefully, this will be. Uh, the motivation that you need to go and get that sorted. Sorry, I've just checked. I got that figure wrong. Former school and hospital workers cost the economy 1.3 billion per year because mm-hmm. of asbestos-related diseases. Okay, well, yeah, we need to. Lots that needs to happen. I don't. Mm. We'll we'll come back to this. Yes, I think it was really important for us to you know highlight the episode, and hopefully there'll be enough time for people to catch it on yeah, BBC definitely. iPlayer. It might be available on other streaming platforms if you don't have access to BBC iPlayer. Sometimes the those panorama shows end up in different places yeah, in different countries. Yep, so if you've got any uh, personal experience of this or something you want to add to the conversation, please email us here at the pod. The email address is unlearnsomethingpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear you. Um, and in the next few weeks, I'm quite excited because we've got a couple of um, events coming up we've yes. got your um, session with Ruth we've yeah. got some people that have emailed in that we're excited to talk to um, and hopefully get into the studio to interview or maybe have a phone interview oh, that'd be great yep really exciting um, and so it, it's fun having interviews but it, um, is. it is really good to be back in the studio it is it's, it's, been, it's so been great nice. to be back it's been a lot of fun 
I think uh, we're all looking forward to the half term coming up in a few days' time. Yes. Um, so we hope you all have a good uh, lead up to the half term whenever you're listening to Rest this episode. Rest half term break. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we will look forward to coming back into the studio for our next episode. So thanks for listening in. This has been the Unlearn Something podcast. I'm Miss D. And I'm Miss S. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.